I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. world and welcome back to another episode of thanks for coming in i'm your host jillian claire so you guys i went to the john mayer concert on sunday with my sister and um it was incredible as he always is because he's just the best don't come at me he is don't don't even argue um and it is tuesday when i am recording this right now and i am so tempted to go see him again tonight or tomorrow night. Um, I'm just so tempted. I just want to, I, I just, ugh, you guys, it's been like, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I started listening to John Mayer when I was in my very early teens. And so he is, he's like the Beatles to me. Um, the hair, the music, the guitar, the voice, everything works. Anyway, if you haven't seen John Mayer live, you should definitely see him live because he's a fantastic performer. He puts on such a great show. Um, so yeah, did that this weekend. Um, I feel like I've been working a lot, which is fun. And I made some cakes this week, which I was very excited about. Um, if you didn't know, I make cakes. I make cool cakes. 
uh, you can see them on my Instagram. But yeah, how are you all? What's going on? You know, I, um, I need to read more. I usually am so good about reading. I usually read a lot, nearly every day. But with school being so um, intense lately, I haven't wanted to read when I'm done with work. So I, th- I have to find a way back to it because I haven't even read a full book this year and that is so unlike me. But I think it's also just there's so much going on, not only in my life, but in the world. And I, it's hard to concentrate. Um, so if you have any good tips, would love to know. Today on the show, we have Mike Manning. You may remember him from being an Australian snowboarder in the DCOM Cloud9, which I'm a DCOM lover. I love my DCOMs. They're the best. You may also remember him from Days of Our Lives, or maybe you're watching him right now on This Is Us as the Manny. So here is my conversation with Mike Manning. And welcome to the show, Mr. Mike Manning. Thank you for having me. Thanks for coming on. Um, I was looking at uh, your extensive resume <laughs> before getting on here, and you have made like quite the splash. I mean, you've been working like nonstop since you got here, so I'd love to know how you got in the industry, what made you want to become an actor, and like what those first steps were. Yeah. Um, so my my origin story, I I really like comic books, so I'm probably gonna just keep. <laughs> going back to talking about comic books. Um, my, I had a really interesting uh, beginning. I, I started doing theater when I was younger. Um, when I was like 13, I did theater in high school. I did community theater. And I knew I loved acting, but I didn't really understand. I grew up in Colorado, so mm-hmm. I didn't really understand that you could make a living being an actor. It just didn't right. click in my brain. Um, so I started going to school for business and my best friend in college uh, said, hey, Mike, um, I'm going to this open casting call for a reality show. Uh, you, do you want to come with me and help me get on the show? I said, sure, why not? And uh, and I went with him and uh, ended up getting on the show. And I had never seen the show before. It was called, uh, still is, it's called Real World on MTV. Amazing. So, so- what is it like the first, like the first like house-like show? Yeah, yeah. Well, and and for me, in my opinion, that was literally the universe just like taking me and putting me back where I belonged. Uh, I think I was I was going into school for business, and I sort of was unhappy with it, and I felt like I wasn't uh, fulfilling my calling. And I think it was just the universe just taking me and putting me, being like, "Hey, you're supposed to be an entertainer." And so I was on the show, and I had a manager in Los Angeles reach out to me and say, "Hey, um, you have a good look." Uh, do you have, have you ever considered acting? And I was like, well, yeah, I did it when I was little. He goes, he's on Facebook. So he's Facebook messaging me. Oh my gosh. Um, he goes, move out to LA, give it six months. I'll make you a, I'll make you an actor. I'll make you a star. (laughs) Do it. And I, so I packed up my car and I drove and that was 12 years ago, almost. Wow. Wow. That's, that's pretty incredible. I mean, just to like go back to the whole real world thing for a second, what was that like for for you? I mean, you you're from Colorado. You probably haven't been in front of a lot of cameras like that before. So what was that like? I mean, it must have been a little jarring. It was absolutely jarring. Um, it was it was sort of the the best uh, 
uh, acting school that I could have hoped for at that time <laughs> because they throw you into a house and you live there for three, I forget how long, three, three and a half months with these strangers and you have a camera in your face the whole time. You're wearing a microphone basically the whole time and you have, and you know that this is what you signed up for. You understand that this is your life now. So you either tense up and, and are very nervous or you just kind of let loose and say, okay, this is my life. I need to become comfortable with the camera. I need to ignore the crew that are there. And I, and I, and I felt like that was the best acting training I could have asked for because then I, I, I just became so, so comfortable with having a conversation like this and having a camera right here and pretending that it's not there, which <laughs> in my opinion is half the struggle sometimes when you're on set. Like it's one thing to be an actor and to, to do your, like to, to rehearse your scene with friends or in a comfortable environment or in the mirror or whatever. But it's another thing to have that same level of vulnerability mm -hmm. and, and, and sort of calmness about you on a set with 300 people staring at you while you're doing it. And I think that's half the battle. And so that was a, a really great first step for me to, to get used to that. Wow. That's so interesting. So you move out to LA and then what's like, you get, you have this manager and you're out in LA. Mm -hmm. What's that first like job that you book from that manager or was it from that manager? Like what did he do in that six months? So my very first ever audition was for the Power Rangers. Amazing. And I went, I went to an audition and then I got a call back and then I went to producers and then I'm testing in front of the network to be the Red Ranger. And I remember going to my manager and I, you know, at the time I was, I was younger than I am now and I was a, a bit more cocky than I am now. And so I turned to him and I go, wow, this acting shit is easy. Like everybody, it's so hard. This is so easy. Like I'm about to book my first job I went for, and and uh, and I signed the contract, and it was more money than I thought I would be making in in my first year in Hollywood, and um and then I didn't get it. Yeah. And and then it was the next five months were it was nothing. It was no callbacks, no nothing. It was just auditions and nothing, auditions and nothing. And I remember having a conversation with my mom because I'm kind of a mama's boy, and and she kept saying okay, sweetheart, like, if you want to come back home, you can do that, like, come back home. And, and I remember talking to her, and it was like, five months and two weeks. And she and she said, So, uh, sweetheart, you said it was going to be six months, like, are you do you want me to you, you ready to come back home yet? Like you did? I'm so proud of you. You you did it like, but like, come back home. And I said, No, mom, I said six months, and it's not six months yet. And the very next week is when I booked this tiny little film. And it wasn't big, but it was enough to keep me in town and to keep trying. And and then over the last, you know, 11 years, it's just been climbing the ladder and doing bigger projects and bigger things and saying yes to different opportunities and really, you know, working my way up. And, um, and, and because of that, because of the struggle and because, you know, it took that long, I think I have more of a respect for it. Yeah. And I, th I think I have a respect for others trying to do the same. Um, I teach acting classes sometimes just because I love teaching younger actors about uh, how to embrace themselves and love themselves and not be so hard on themselves because, you know, you're an actor. Um, this industry is crazy sometimes. And it's, yeah. and it's and the highs are really, really high. The lows are can be low. And um and like 95% of it is out of your control. <laughs> so. It really is. It really, really is. That's, and that's, that's, so I started producing a couple of years after I lived here and 
being on the other side of the camera and running casting sessions myself and hiring other actors myself was such a great eye-opening ex experience for me because I realized exactly what you just said. I would sit on the other side of the, the camera watching this actor do their best in this audition and sometimes they would give amazing auditions mm -hmm. but they looked too too much like somebody we just cast and we couldn't yeah. have the audience think that they were brother and sister or they were you know something completely out of their control happened to where we couldn't cast them and i just wanted to follow every actor out of the room be like we're probably not going to hire great. you <laughs> yeah we're probably not going to hire you but you were so amazing like good job and and that's just and so then at that point i was able to start taking it less personally myself mm -hmm. and um and and that helped my my psyche a lot in terms of dealing with the rejection that comes with this job yeah um and then Tell me a little bit about Days of Our Lives, because I was on the show when I was a child, but what is it like as an adult? <laughs> so, yeah, so Days, um, it's funny, <clears throat> I've, I've tested and, and gone to Chemistry Read or Network or whatever for all of the, the four remaining soaps. So mm -hmm. Days of Our Lives, General Hospital, Young and the Restless, Bold and the Beautiful. And, um, and so it had just been become, I've been into that office for days of our lives so many times. And I was like, yeah, I'm probably not going to get it, but I'm just going to go in and have fun. And it, I ended up getting the role. I signed my contract March 10th of 2020. Oh gosh. March, March 13th <laughs> is when the world shut down. And yeah. shut down. So I spent all of pandemic, not knowing if I had a job, not knowing. And, and like my insecure actor brain was like, oh, they're probably going to, you know, change their minds. They're yeah. probably going to cast somebody else. They're probably going to rewrite the role. Like I spent the pandemic thinking all these things and I couldn't tell anybody either because I didn't want them to post about oh, it. No, Because, because days I was a brand new character and on this brand new storyline, I wasn't replacing anybody. So they wanted to keep it all under wraps. So I couldn't really tell anybody. And, um, Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I just, I spent, I, in the pandemic, I was just like, I don't know if I have a job. I don't know. And, and when I got that call in August that they were going to start shooting me September 1st, I was like, yes, like, great. Like, I still have a job. A nice, this is a nice way to come out of the pandemic. And oh, yeah. September 1st, it was one of the only shows that was shooting at that time. A lot of the, the other shows weren't shooting. So I was working where a lot of my other friends who are on series or whatever uh, were still not working. And mm -hmm. And it was, yeah, it was, I was really grateful, really lucky. I was on days for like, like nine months. And then I, I did something like 50, like five, 60 episodes, something like that. Um, and then they killed me and then they brought, <laughs> brought me back and then they killed me again. So of course they did. I mean, that's yeah. what happens on soap operas. Like you yeah. either are constantly dying or you're constantly like being replaced by other people. Yeah. I mean, that's just. Yeah, the way it goes. Yeah, and I was I was a bad guy, and I kind of knew that the character had a shelf life, so I didn't take it personally that they killed me. Um, the The fan response was really cool. I was a bad guy, so I thought, okay, you know, these people are gonna hate me. Uh, they're gonna be mad that I hurt one of the people on the show. That's a fan favorite, whatever. And the fan response was actually really, really nice. They a lot of them were like, okay, Mike, my, my character's name is Charlie. They're like, all right, Mike, we love you, and you're doing a great job with the role. We don't like Charlie. Yeah. Like, if, Char if Charlie dies, like we want you to come back as something else, whatever it was. But the fan response has been really, really nice. I will say soap opera fans are tenacious. I mean, they're the most 
loyal people. They will follow you your entire career and they will not let up. And it's just incredible. I mean, that community is, is wonderful. Absolutely mm-hmm. wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you got on This Is Us which is one of the best shows ever made. It makes everybody cry every single week. Mm-hmm. And you play the Manny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm the Manny. <laughs> How's it's, that? <laughs> it's funny. So I, my parents have been supportive over the years and, and they always love what I do. Like I did this Disney movie and, and my mom bought DVDs and had me sign them for like her friends. And her, like they, they've been supportive. Um, but it was This Is Us that in their mind, that's when I like, I made it. Like <laughs> I called them and I told them and, and they, and this is us is their favorite show. It's like the one show that like, if my dad goes out of town, my mom cannot watch it without him or else they'll oh get my it. Gosh. Like it's their show. And, uh, and so when I told her, uh, who I was and also that I was the, the Manny cause she loves Kevin. She loves Justin Hartley's character. Mm-hmm. Um, and that I was like sort of replacing him on the sitcom and then that he was playing the dad she was like, Oh my gosh, like, I can't wait to tell all my friends. And, um, so it's been, it's, it's definitely gotten me, uh, brownie points with my parents and, <laughs> um, but it's, but it's cool. It's, it's, uh, it's fun. It's fun to be a part of the show. The show has been really welcoming and, um, NBC in general has been great because they do days as well. So yeah. NBC has been really nice to me uh, the last couple of years. It's gotta be funny to film a, a show within a show. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, I was kind of bummed because I think it was it was last week or the week before. Um, I had this scene where we're filming the man. It was like the showing the sitcom, and we're filming the Manny in front of a live studio audience for right. the show. So it's like it, like That's what fine. you said, the show within the show. And I had this whole comedic thing where I'm with Justin, and like he's balancing the babies, and and I like he turns away and faces the audience, and I take my shirt off, and the audience claps, and we had this like whole shtick and apparently the episode was too long. No. So but they cut a lot of that out. So like I'm sitting there watching it and, and ready and my parents are watching it and whatever. And um, cause they, my mom was like texting me, like, can't wait to see it. And, uh, and she goes, so is that it? I was like, where do you go? And she goes, she goes, you were barely in the episode. I was like, oh, okay. Well, Oh no, mom. Yeah. 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 So thanks. Thanks mom. As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch, and organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system, so wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, 
all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm. You can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Um, so you talked a little bit about producing. I'd love to know, you know, what made you decide to get into that side of the industry i feel like a lot of actors now myself included um have decided to take their careers in their own hands Mm -hmm. by producing and directing and writing and all the things um so i i'd love to know what that decision process was like for you and if you have any pointers out there for you know the listeners out there if there's actors who are thinking about making that plunge Mm -hmm. Well, if there's an actor out there thinking about making that plunge um, and creating their own content, I would say 1000% do it um, because it will, it will, like you said, allow you to, so much of acting is waiting by the phone for permission to be a part of somebody else's world that they're creating. And something happens when you, for the first time you create your own world and you invite other people to be a part of that world, you sort of take some of that power back and some of that desperation. And it makes you a stronger actor. It makes you less desperate. It makes you, uh, you, you know, more confident when you are talking to others about, you know, it's not, oh, I, had, I haven't had an audition in six months. It's, oh, I just shot a short film with some of my friends. We're submitting it to these festivals. We just got accepted and I'm having a great time. Mm-hmm. And so it just changes the sort of, the trajectory of your own career and um, for, and so, and then also like on the flip side, it it teaches you so many things about the behind the camera stuff that actors should know, but they don't. And so it just, for so many reasons, I would say, just go out there and do it. I know that it can be daunting. Um, You know, I, I just, we just released a film called slap face, which is doing really well right now. And that one, you know, I found the script through a friend of mine. I worked with the writer director on the script and we got it to a place we both loved. I raised all the money. I, I shot all the thing. We cast all the thing. Uh, I oversaw post-production and editing and, and I helped sell the film. So it's like 
from soup to nuts, like it was my baby. Mm-hmm. And the fact that I can now say like, that's my baby and I put it out into the world and, you know, and it was also a character I really wanted to play. Um, it's just so, it's so great. It's so great to do that. But even on that set, you know, I've done, I've produced 14 movies now mm. that I, I finished um, slap face at the end of 2019, right before COVID. And even there were a couple times on that set where I looked in the mirror and I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> I know. What are you doing? This is, I haven't slept in three days. And you don't sleep, especially when you're acting yeah. as well as producing. There is no sleep. You just no like sleep. power through somehow yeah. a lot yeah. of Red Bull. Yeah, a lot of Red Bull and caffeine. And so I, I remember looking in the mirror being like, what are you doing? And, and, and I just wanted, I was like, oh, maybe I should just not go to set today. Maybe I should just quit. Maybe I should, my body's oh my tired. God. My brain is tired. And, but like, I feel like that is, that is when, if it were easy, everybody would do it. And that is what those moments, those moments of weakness turned into strength are the ones that separate the actors that are out there working and pushing and and hustling from the actors that are sitting at home waiting for somebody to give them an opportunity. Preach. I'm here for it. When, when is the (laughs) Ted talk? Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's, you have you've made some really good points, and like, for me, I love I love finding things that I can make with my friends. Mm-hmm. And really, when you when you look at the grand scheme of things, like you look at somebody like Judd Apatow, and that's what he's mm-hmm. done. He's just made movies with a lot of his friends. He just got lucky by having hits and getting mm-hmm. the studio money and being able to make it on a big budget, and make bigger things over and over again, but. The filmmakers that, you know, we all love and care about, like the James Gunns and the Judd Apatows and all of those people, they just do it with their friends. And Mm -hmm. so to start doing that now, I think is like the best thing that you can do for your career, because those friends are going to then want to put you in everything and you're going to want to work with them and everything. And it's just going to create that little community, just like these other huge filmmakers where Mm -hmm. you all grow together and expand. And it's also, it gives you a freedom to stretch yourself as an artist more than I think acting class does. I love acting class. I think every actor should be, if they're not on set working, they should be doing that because that, you know, allows you to stay sharp. You know, acting is, is a sport. And, and if you, if, if I'm a football player and I don't throw a football for six months, the, my first day back on the field, I'm going to be a little rusty. And so, right. you know, I think actors need to do that. I think when you're on set and you are with friends and you're working with a director you're comfortable with and it's maybe a script that you helped work on or something like that you will have you will be in a relaxed state of being and you will allow yourself to take more risks and try new things and and maybe there maybe those things will work maybe they won't and 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 you'll and they'll end up on the editing room floor but at least you tried those and and there have been times slapface I'll go back to that experience with slapface because I had you know, I had such an ownership in the film as a whole. When I worked with our director, Jeremiah Kipp, there were so many instances where he said, okay, Mike, try it this way. And I did, I took that note and I, you know, I, I ran with it and sometimes it worked and it was amazing. And I was like, wow, I've never done that on set before. I want to take that into my next project. I know that I can get, I can get there. I can go there. I can stretch myself like that and then sometimes it didn't work and I'm like okay nobody's ever going to see that again and then <laughs> moving, we go. On. Yeah, moving on it's it's very true I mean it's a completely different experience when you're say you know being a 
a guest star or a co-star on an established television series and you go in knowing, here's my job, I need to leave leave after that, they're probably never going to see me again. Mm -hmm. Like, go in, go out, easy peasy. But Mm -hmm. when you're making it yourself, you do have those allowances where you're able to, you know, do what we really love to do as actors, which is just play and Mm -hmm. figure it out and Mm -hmm. see all the idiosyncrasies that are involved in every single character and the relationships. I mean, it's just, it's such a more freeing experience to be able to, to do that. And I think it's that way with a lot of indie films too, even if you're not on that side of it, most indie films that I've been a part of have been that way where it's like, let's do something weird with this, or let's try this over here instead. Mm -hmm. And that's what makes it fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And if you're able to do that with friends and you are producing it and you give them that, that opportunity, I mean, you, you know, this, you, there's something magical when you get to play pretend on a set. And if you give friends or you give others that opportunity, that's going to mean something to them. Mm-hmm. And of course they're going to try to, you know, bring that back to you whenever they can. And like, like you said, the Judd Apatow's of the world, like just building that community of people that you can play with and be with and support. Um, Cause this industry is hard enough as it is without friends that can support you and, and help you and, and be there for you. And so yeah, I think it's producing and working together is a really efficient way to do that. We're going to take a quick break to hear an ad from our friends over at With Nothing to Say. I'm Austin Lugo. I'm Andrew Harp. This is With Nothing to Say. And let's talk about movies. With over 3,000 films log, Andrew and I, best friends since middle school, have dedicated our lives to watching, making, and talking about movies. Each week, Andrew and I handpick a movie he's seen, I've seen, or neither of us have seen, and dive deep into anything and everything to wannabe cinephils could ever think of. From horror to dramedy, we do it all. So join us as we talk about everything movies, and maybe you too can become a bona fide cinephil. So on this show, we like to share audition stories of things Mm. that have either gone awry or something funny that's happened in the room or the one that got away. Uh, Is there a story that you would like to share with the listeners sure um i would say i'm, I'm it'll be a two-parter it's we for it's, it's for when i uh, auditioned for cloud nine okay and the disney movie it's a disney snowboarding movie and at that point uh i think i shot it like nine years ago or something um it was one of the bigger projects that i had ever done so i you know i count it as like one of the career stepping stones for me and um, before that, I had done, I'd only done one other Disney project. It was a show called Crash and Bernstein, and I mm. played a foreign exchange student. So, and that was one of those auditions where I just went there and they wanted somebody with an accent. And my good friend at the time, Lachlan, he's Australian. So I said, hey, Lachlan, like, let me oh uh, <laughs> speak with you in Australian for three days before my audition. And I went in there thinking, oh, I'm not going to get this job, but I'm going to have fun they ended up casting me. So I played this Australian foreign exchange student on this Disney show. So six months later, we'll say, I don't know if that's exactly the amount of time, but a couple months after that, um, I got a call that they wanted me to come in and audition for cloud nine. And originally they wanted the role to be Australian. So, and I had never met these casting directors. I had never met these other people, but they had seen my episode of crash and Bernstein. So I decided to commit and I went in there and down to the person that let me in the parking garage, to the the assistant, uh, to everybody in the elevator. I was speaking Australian the entire time. Oh my gosh! And I didn't I didn't get out of it. Um, and so for so I had an audition, I had a callback, and then I had my chemistry read 
um, with the other actors, which was also the network test. And so I walk in this room and there's like three Disney executives, two casting directors, two writers, the director, the two assistants, like this room full of people. And then there's Dove Cameron, uh, Kiersey Clemens and Luke Benward. And they had all been cast on the show uh, on cloud nine. And I was the last sort of person that they were casting. So uh, we're all doing our scenes. We're, we're just hanging out and they, I leave the room, I come back in and, and they're like, Oh, Mike, like they stopped me right in the middle of the audition. And this whole time I'm speaking Australian, yeah, Australian accent. So they're like, Mike, um, we're so sorry to do this to you. We just, you know, we're just talking and we just need to make sure like, how's your American accent? <laughs> and, <laughs> and I was like, what? And they were like, can you do an American accent? And immediately I switched out of it and I said, yeah, of course. And they said, wait, what? Where are you from? And I said, Colorado. And because like the whole time I had been like, Hey, how's it going? Like, my name's Mike. Like, I'm just going to stay in the Australian and I'm, this is just my life and like who I am and blah, blah, blah. And they're like, you know, how's your American accent? I'm, it's good. Fine. And, and it was, I think it was that moment that booked me the job, the whole room's quiet and everybody looks at each other. And it was that moment where they're like, wow, we can throw anything at this kid. Yeah. And he will, he will be our, our actor. Um, oh right, my God. <laughs> right before that they had Dove Cameron and I, uh, improving with each other. And we had done the scene. I think we had done one scene. We had done another scene. We had, you know, sort of, um, they threw another scene at us. And so I'm doing this like cold read just to like see as much as they could in the room. And Dove had this little thing on that had like little feathers on it. And they, they just said, Hey, now in this scene, like do whatever you want to do. Um, maybe improv if you want, like whatever you want to do, just try it. And we're going and she goes and turns and like flicks this thing up. And one of the feathers, like a tiny little feather comes out and I, I inhale it. And, <laughs> and I think, had I had I been less experienced and had I just been like if I were new to LA that would have terrified me because mm -hmm. I'm sitting here coughing and choking in front of this room full of people that I'm hoping to hire me and I'm like <coughs> but I but I took it and it's like it's like you probably had this it's like it was a happy accident because they all saw the feather I inhaled it I choke and then I just took it and I ran with it and I went to her and I was like this is why I tell you not to wear these little feathers like I know that you know I I, I know you wanted me to buy this for your anniversary. Not only was it way too expensive, but you have, and, and I just like, like ran with it. Yeah. And, um, and I think that that was what showed them the chemistry between Dove and I. And that was the other, I think it was like the one, two punch, like mm. changing the accent and then improving with that little feather in my throat, uh, with Dove, I think was what got me the, the job. You just never know what's going to happen in that room. Absolutely. You never know. Never when know. <laughs> you never know when you're going to be choked by the feather. You can be as prepared as you possibly think you can be, and then things will literally just be thrown at you or, you know, inhaled. In <laughs> case. Yeah. Um, that was fantastic. Great story. Great story. I love that mm -hmm. you, you went in there fully Australian and said, I got this. And they were like, no, bro, we want, we want you to be American now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it was, it was, it was great. It was, I, I couldn't have asked for a better, like a, Cause I didn't, cause then I'm like, crap, am I going to have to do this entire movie Australian in Utah filming and snowboarding and all this <laughs> stuff? So it was like the perfect scenario. I could just be myself and, you know, this character and snowboard.
I did that once with a film. It was a cute little indie film I did called The Kitchen, and I was supposed to play like a total ditz, like Phoebe style ditz. Mm-hmm. And I thought there's no way they're gonna hire me if I go in as my like sarcastic normal self. There's just absolutely no way. They're not gonna see it. Mm-hmm. So I went in as the character, did the whole thing, like acted like I had no marbles in my brain. Mm-hmm. And then I booked it. And then I called my manager and I was like, I do I what do I do? <laughs> I was like yeah. I can't do this for, you know, a month on set. Like this isn't normal I can't do that and he was like well just be yourself now and so I showed up to like the wardrobe fitting and I just was myself and then I showed up at the the table read and the director comes up to me and apparently the director and the wardrobe designer had been talking because he was like so I heard you fooled all of us and you're like really smart and read Shakespeare and I was like yeah I'm so sorry (laughs) it's like and I I liked it a lot it had to happen Mm -hmm. but it works and it works. And, and and they respect you, I think, more because then they know how much work you put into building this character. Yeah. Yeah. Was he I mean, with, was this director, he he or she, um were, did they did they were they surprised? Were they a little nervous? Did they Oh uh, they he, his name's Ishai and he was so funny about it. They just all laughed and like the casting director was laughing her ass off. I mean, they were all just so shocked by the fact that I completely fooled them into thinking I was just the stupidest person on the planet. Great, great. Like, wow. I went into like auditions being like, oh my God, it's just like so beautiful outside. And they're like, uh-huh. Like, oh my God, that's, that's amazing. <laughs> that's amazing. That's a cool um, well, I'm so excited for you and to see what you're, you're up to next. What do you got on the slate? Anything coming up that you'd like to talk about? Uh, yeah. So this is us is still airing right now and I have some more stuff on that. So that'll be fun. Um, and then I just did this, um, this film earlier this year called the bellkeeper with mm. Randy Couture, And, uh, and that's, it's sort of like an action horror film. Um, and I actually got to work with Colton Tran who played my best friend in cloud nine. Oh, so fun. He, he is, he was the one that was directing this one. So it all came full circle. And, uh, and so we, yeah, we just shot that and that should be out sometime later this year, I think. And, um, and then I'm shooting another film uh, next week. Awesome. Well, that's all very exciting. And thank you so much for coming on the show and spending your afternoon with me. Jillian, thank you so much for having me. This was fun. Thanks again to Mike Manning for coming on the show. Make sure to be watching This Is Us to see his face pop up more. And um, yeah, tune in next week. We'll have Sydney Morgan on the show. Very fun chat with her. Excited for you to hear that. Um, until then, you can follow us on social media. Those links are in the show notes. We post some really cool stuff, so check it out. Watch it. And, um, yeah, if you haven't subscribed to the show yet, I don't know what you're doing. Hit that subscribe button. Leave us some love. Give us those reviews and stars. I would like to continue doing this, so please help me do that. And, as always, thanks for coming in. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics, and sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot-button issues. 
And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.